If you're interested in sponsoring an episode of Scripture First, please send our co-director, Sarah Stenson, an email or visit us at lutherhouseofstudy.org. You can find Sarah's email in the show notes. Also, we would like to say a special thank you to Cammie and Todd Jacobson for sponsoring this week's episode. It's actually a massive understatement. In the Greek, it's ephobothesan phoben megan. In other words, feared with great fear. So it's like a trifold intensification of the word fear. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Scripture First, the podcast that explores how the Lutheran lectionary is working in your life. I'm your host, Mason Van Essen. Both of Luther House of Studies co-directors, Dr. Chris Krogan and Sarah Stenson, join the podcast to talk about Jesus finishing teaching the crowds on the shore of the sea when he gets into a boat with his disciples to sail to the other side only to be caught in a great windstorm that threatened to destroy the boat. As you'll hear in this week's conversation, as the disciples were terrified of their impending death, Jesus was asleep on a cushion. When the disciples woke him up, Jesus rebuked the storm, causing it to be still, and the disciples were terrified of what they had just witnessed. Naturally, Adam, Kiri, and I asked Dr. Krogan and Sarah questions like, why did the disciples ask Jesus, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? What's the difference between Jesus speaking to creation versus speaking to us? And why were the disciples terrified seeing Jesus demonstrating his power instead of filled with peace, calm, or relief? Dr. Krogan and Sarah bring key insights to this week's lectionary text that helped frame this passage in a way that I hadn't heard before. But before we get to the conversation, here's Mark chapter 4, verses 35 through 41. On that day, when evening had come, he said to them, Let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd behind, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was. Other boats were with him. A great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat, so that the boat was already being swamped. But he was in the stern, asleep on the cushion, and they woke him up and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? He woke up and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. Then the wind ceased and there was a dead calm. He said to them, Why are you afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great awe and said to one another, Who then is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? And now on to this week's conversation. Welcome back to Scripture First. We have both of our co-directors with us this week, Dr. Chris Krogan and Sarah Stenson. Thanks for being here, both of you. Lovely seeing you, too. Glad to be here. Yep. You're looking good health. Yeah, we are. (laughs) Thanks, Gary. (laughs) We're not perishing. No. (laughs) You're eating well. So, uh, <laughs> a lot of context. Yeah, uh, we're in the uh, context, but uh, keep it to the the scripture, maybe. Yeah. 
if, uh, Sarah, I don't know if you can give us context on what's happening. Because uh, it says, on that day, when evening had come. Correct, Amundo. So, the context for this, this is Mark 4, 30, verses 35 to 41. On that day. So, naturally, you wonder, on what day? Mm-hmm. The beginning of this chapter, chapter 4... Um, we hear that Jesus had been teaching, he had been teaching beside the sea, and then he tells a series of parables, including the ones we heard uh, last week. So now we have this text in which he leaves that big crowd that had gathered to hear him. He leaves that crowd behind, and he gets in a boat with his disciples. And so it's that day, and the evening now has come, and he says to the disciples, Let's go across to the other side. So they leave the crowd behind, uh, and the disciples take Jesus with them in the boat. And this funny little expression, just as he was, that simply is an, it's an odd um, translation from, it's actually clearer in the Greek, and it simply means they took Jesus with them in the boat since he was in the boat. That's really just as he was. So it's kind of an incomplete, um. not like, there's some stupid love song, you know, just as you are. Uh-huh. Like, no, not that. <laughs> no, no, no. I, that's my favorite. You didn't go to change his clothes or anything like that. No, 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 no. no. These are the, the wedding vows, though, that you will actually, I mean, just as you are, that you will uh, forsake <laughs> all things. I mean, that is, it is true. Know. That's how love works. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's definitely a ditch we do not want to go down, Adam. That is not what this is talking about. We need to talk to Allie after the podcast. <laughs> no, what this is, all it is saying, it's really kind of like an, a dangling sentence in the English, just as he was or because he was in the boat. We just don't have that prepositional clause. So in other words, okay. Jesus was in the boat and then the disciples also got in the boat. Yeah. Right. And they, t- and they took him in, in the, the boat, boat because he was in the boat. So. But they didn't take him in the boat be- just the way he was. They mm. just took him in the boat in the because boat, he was, he was the already boat. in the boat. Gotta and get him in the boat. other boats were with him. That just means that some of those um, from the crowd, and, and there are some, some people who will say, well, the, there were people in the boats listening to those parables. Um, another way of thinking of that is, well, then you have witnesses to this great windstorm mm-hmm. that comes on the Sea of Galilee as they're crossing it. Um, they were also caught up in this big windstorm with Jesus and the disciples. Okay, that helps because I was wondering. I'm, I was sitting here being like, why did they, why did they put that in? Right? It's why just, so much detail? Such a stupid little detail that's so insignificant. But now it makes a little bit more sense. Good. And then. So obviously you alluded to the great windstorm arose and the waves beat on the boat and the boat was already swamped somehow. I don't know how. Um, but Jesus wasn't there. He was in the stern. He was there. or he wa- Okay, so he was there, but Sleeping. he was in the stern. He wasn't like experiencing the windstorm up top. He, he was. The stern doesn't necessarily mean like down below. He was in the boat sleeping on a cushion. Yep. Okay. So he's, he's, he's I need in to go look boat. at a picture of a boat. Yeah, he, he's just kind of <laughs> sitting there oblivious to that this windstorm came up. Okay. And so and so everybody else is kind of starting to freak out. But it's a great windstorm, and it's word great is kind of the same word that's used three times in this because it was there was a great storm. Actually, 
a great calm than later, and then great fear. It's all the exact same Greek word. Hmm. And it's this kind of like intense, like this is like up there, really, really mm-hmm. big deal. And it's actually written in the word mega, mm-hmm. in, which is where we kind of get the mega in English. It's okay. It's great. Yep. Okay. And then that beat into the boat. So, you know, you can imagine, you probably could see it on YouTube, all of a sudden these massive waves coming over the the bow and you're like, oh my gosh, we're going to be in trouble. And mm-hmm. everybody's starting to freak out and get worried and Jesus is just sleeping through it. So why does that matter? Well, Jesus isn't afraid of creation. Why? Well, we're going to find out that in a second, but he's not afraid of death. He's not afraid of what the creation does. He's just comfortable with creation. My first assumption without having gone further is that he created creation and that's why he's not afraid of it. Exactly. He's the author of it. He's the one that gets to actually speak it into existence, but also, as we're going to see here, speak and it will... Control it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's why he was able to be asleep on a cushion Yeah, during the storm. Mm-hmm. And yet, those who had been following, and remember, this is now several chapters into Mark. Jesus has been out there. He's healing people. So he's He's actually doing something to creation. He's th- casting out demons. He's forgiving sin. He's got all this power. Everybody's going, where does he get this authority? And and they're all <clears> like, There's something something big is going down here. But it doesn't matter. Now we're, our lives are under threat. Mm-hmm. So this is very much even... It's a great story for us because... Um, We've been through a year of, you know, pandemic, as they call it now. And what was everybody afraid of? Death. Death, yeah. right. And so it was like the wind and the waves and everything. Look out. The next wave of COVID's coming, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. and the seas of change, all these kind of things. It's just, so we're scared. And everybody's like, uh-oh, who could be next? This is exactly the same boat the disciples are in, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, so they wake him up. And they uh, uh, they ask him a question. A teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And it, se- it is a good question. Yeah. Um, because uh, clearly, uh, the I mean, the physical v- waves are beating against the boat. They are in uh, a sort of danger. Mm-hmm. And he is uh, nowhere to be found, or he's he's not present to their needs at this point. Right. I just wonder if they use that actual word, perishing. It could have. Teacher, it, we're perishing. The first we thing I want you to look at is the word teacher. <laughs> Because that's a very important thing, is he? they don't think he is the one bringing the kingdom of God. They actually, the question itself reveals that, heightened by the fact they call him teacher. Um, it's like saying rabbi. But, it's yeah. not saying Lord. They haven't it, said okay. Lord yet. They, they don't believe he's God. No, they don't. God. The, the simple question itself, do you not care that we are perishing, is a confession of unbelief unfaith. They don't believe Jesus is Jesus, or if they did, they wouldn't be afraid. So, so, and the very question itself, don't you, do you not care? We're perishing. We're dying. Don't you care? Answer, no. Jesus did not come to prevent anyone's death. The disciples included, yours and mine included, that's not why he came. He came to actually defeat death for us. So it is not the final word, but it doesn't mean that we won't die. Every one of those disciples ended up 
perishing. as a doornail. Yeah, perishing. You, right. You li- I mean, you you live long enough, uh, <clears throat> and you'll. I mean, you'll bury your family. Yeah. Yep. It's. Uh, I mean, yep. you will actually experience the suffering and the, that sort of loss. Exactly. And then finally, thanks be to God, we will die. Yeah. And our suffering will be over. So, but that question is key. Do you not care that we are perishing? It's unfaith. And, and the answer is no. And and that is a big um, question that a lot of people try to implicate God on. He doesn't care that I'm dying. And, well, that's, that's well, and it's true. This, this right. Satan uses it. Yeah. How can you believe in a God who would allow X, Y, Z? These waves to swamp our boat and yep. to take us away. How can you believe that yep. God would allow perishing even? Yeah, I thought, I thought faith in Christ, being a Christian, is supposed to make my life better. You hear it all the time. Yeah. You know, all these little witness stories and big witness <clears> stories. <throat> so it it's sending the message that, oh, have faith and your life will be better. And you won't perish. Exactly. And that's and not that's the case not, at all. That is not the case. <clears throat> so he, uh, he wakes up uh, and he rebukes the wind and said to the sea, peace, be still. Yep. And it goes to what you were saying before, Dr. Krogan, that he is the Lord of creation, which means he has uh, authority over uh, creation itself. Yep. That's right. He, he starts to speak and all of a sudden things start to change, which as God says, it happens. But the interesting first thing, he wakes up and he rebukes. And this is an important word in the gospel of Mark, because this is the word that often is used in the Gospel of Mark to attack unfaith, to attack unbelief, is rebuking. So Jesus rebuked the demons, the unclean spirits. He rebuked Peter mm-hmm. when Peter is standing there saying, no, you can't go to the cross. It's that same word. So what is he doing? He's rebuking the wind. What was the wind doing? Making them not believe, making them afraid, mm-hmm. undoing their faith in God. Because mm-hmm. when you're afraid of dying, you think God is not for you. Mm-hmm. When you're afraid of whatever the case may be, fear is a symptom of your unbelief. Mm-hmm. And so Jesus comes in and he rebukes that which is causing the unbelief. He rebukes the wind and then says, peace. Now, peace is not irene. It's not this, oh, relax. Peace, this is actually not the Greek word. It's shut up, really shut up is the way you should say this. <laughs> well, it actually, it's phileo uh, in the Greek, which means muzzle. Yep. Stop from speaking. That's, and that's what he's, he speaks yep. to the sea. Stop speaking. Yep. He tells the sea, stop. And the wind ceases, and there was a, it's actually not dead calm. It's the mega, mega, again, it's the great calm. But, great the, calm. but this is important because Jesus... When he speaks, he shuts up the voices that cause the fear. Mm-hmm. This is what he's doing to the unclean spirits. This is what he's doing. So he, his voice, remember we've talked about that you either have the devil in your ear, which is creating unbelief, or you have Christ in your ear, which is creating faith. So what does Christ do? His voice conquers those voices or those, which is why muzzle and be quiet, shut up, is important. Don't get that in your ear, but listen to God's voice to make faith. He he drowns it out. I mean, exactly. He, yeah, he dr- drowns out what was previously causing the yeah, which, which was capturing your conscience. That yeah. which was previously capturing your conscience. Yeah, and so he just shuts it up, and then the wind stopped, and there is a great calm. Just you know, <clears throat> it's really interesting hearing 
hearing you guys talking about it this week is actually kind of reminding me a little bit about about the previous weeks that we were talking about when we're describing um oh what's the word you guys were you guys were talking about um oh shoot but just the lack of faith unbelief yeah the you guys were just talking about it and i feel like it's a, it's very pointed out here just cuz they don't realize they're doing it to Christ. They don't realize they're being the problem. They're just asking the question. They're just, you know, self-concerned for mm-hmm. themselves. Yep. Blasphemies. Yeah. That, that, that's what they're doing, and they're not even realizing that they're doing it right now. Right. Yep. Which is which is our constant... This is called having original sin. Original sin is not trusting God as God, and God is for you. And that's what happened in the garden when the devil came and said, did God really say, did God call you good? Did God say, do this and don't do that? And so that's exactly, they're caught in the original sin, which is not trusting that God is going to care for them, even in the midst of what appears to be them perishing. Mm -hmm. Which is why, again, you were talking, I think, last week's podcast about these people that had great faith, like the mustard seed, in the midst of perishing. You know, in the midst of dying from a, a disease or watching a loved one go through a trauma or something like that, you know, this is in the midst of being perishing here is kind of soft, actually. Utterly destroyed is the Greek word. You just decimate. Mm-hmm. It really is black or white because if you ask the question, are you okay with dying? That reveals where you're at. Exactly. Yeah. And if there's any sort of a but, the answer is, yeah, I am afraid of dying. So frequently you'll ask that question. I'm okay with it, but I, I want to make sure my kids are cared for. Or... But exactly, I, I don't want to make sure I have a will in place. Yeah, but I want to just die in my sleep, whatever it is. So that's actually, but this is actually, it's kind of a, not dissimilar from what happens here in verse 40. Um, so the wind ceases, there's this great calm because Jesus spoke. And then Jesus says to the disciples, why are you afraid? Have you still no faith? So this goes to the black and white, Mason. Jesus, he knows, of course, (laughs) why they're still afraid, because they said, don't you care? We're getting destroyed here. Um, Have you still no faith? This is a rhetorical question. He knows they do not have faith. They don't believe Jesus is Jesus, the blasphemy, as Kiri was saying so, and it's the same thing for us all the time. And we can't create our own faith. Even hearing this, you think, okay, so the next time I'm afraid, I shouldn't be afraid. I have to make myself not be afraid. Well, that's still not faith. Yeah, when you're hiking and a bear t- comes around the corner, run. You, you, you run. can't logically be like, oh, yeah, I remember that. I'm not, I'm remember, not afraid. Yeah, oh, Jesus, very good. Jesus is not, Jesus, I'll perish. I'm fine. Right. <laughs> or as Michael says in the office, you are the salami. <laughs> oh, great. I forgot about that. I love that. Um, <clears throat> one thing that's interesting is going into fir- verse 41, after he says, why are you afraid? Have you still no faith? And it says, Again, they were filled with great awe and said to one another, "Then who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? Um, I know you kind of corrected the translation here, Sarah, but 
between verses 37 and 42, there's a great windstorm, a great calm, and a great awe. I feel like that's pretty significant wording here. And that's what Chris was getting at earlier. Yeah. Yeah, with that mega, the great calm. But this one is different. Um, uh, It is still the mega is here now in the great. It's not awe, though. So that's a, it's, when I hear the word awe, and I, if you think of awe as like, oh, that's so awe-inspiring. Like, Like, oh my gosh, this is so amazing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then they say, who is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? You can hear that and read that and then ultimately preach that as somehow they had an epiphany. Now they're in faith. Now they're awestruck. That is not accurate to the text. So that um, translation, great awe, it's actually a massive understatement. In the Greek, it's ephobotisan phoben megan. In other words, feared with great fear. So it's like a trifold intensification of the word fear. They're so crapping in their pants. <laughs> <laughs> the bear okay. came around the corner, so to speak. <laughs> Throwing up because the storm finally abated, and now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, I mean, it is the. Uh, <clears throat> wouldn't you? Yeah. And this, I mean, this man just came out from the the stern, was <laughs> and, sleeping. And just said, uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, wouldn't I mean, wouldn't yeah, you? It was, <laughs> I, 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 Muzzle, I, I, stop, stop it. talking, yeah. and yeah. then it stops, and you're yeah, like, no. "Oh, <laughs> mama." <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's what you're saying. <laughs> that's yeah. what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, but of course, they actually at this point they actually do not have faith, and Jesus knows that. Have you still no faith? No, they do not, because faith does not come through a demonstration of Christ's. Christness of his power over nature. Faith comes through hearing. That's what brings the kingdom of God, as we were talking about last week. It's the the hearing. It's not watching Jesus or or Jesus talking to the storm. He's not talking to them. He's talking to the storm, to the wind and the waves. That's not talking to the disciples. So in this text specifically, there really is not a um, a gospel proclamation in this specific text. So when you're preaching it, you need to bring that in. And if I were to do it, and I'll let Chris take it from here, you key on this, why are you afraid? Have you still no faith? Yep. And then you can preach into that afraid, the right. fear. Exactly, because... Just because he calms the wind, you know, isn't what the gospel is. Just because Jesus shuts the wind up because it's not a word. None of the disciples get a word for them in this text yet. They only get a question. Whoa, where's your faith, right? What the gospel is, as you start to say, it starts to creep in because it's Jesus' voice is authoritative. And this is why that word rebuke is key. Because it's authoritative because Jesus' voice is goes after anything that makes unfaith and squashes it. And so there's the gospel, is that Jesus' voice is going to come and squash that which creates unbelief, squash that which creates fear, squash that which removes trust in God. So when Jesus says, why are you afraid? Have you no faith? He is not seeking them to conjure up an experience or a decision to bring about faith. Rather, he's 
his expectations that come in the text are he's going to bring faith next with a new word. So at the end of the text, we need to now put Jesus' authoritative voice back in the ears of the people. So when you're preaching this text, you say, okay, so here's Jesus' voice again. For those of you that have been afraid this week or been afraid the past few months or those of you that are worried about who's going to come around the corner or what's happening next in the stock market, here's Jesus' voice getting after your unbelief. Your sin is forgiven. The perishing that you will experience is not the final word over you. Having been baptized in death, you will surely be reunited with him as a resurrection. So he is the Lord of everything in this old world. And the voice that he claimed you in baptism is the voice that's going to deliver to you right here, right now again, which is he's going to shut up that which you think will harm or threaten you in this life. Which is what the preacher does. The preacher now in preaching this sermon actually gets to have Jesus coming out of his or her mouth muzzling the voice of Satan and the voice of all those things we should have done or should not have done and those things that haunt us and that we all carry with us. You finally, as the preacher, get to follow, muzzle that, shut those voices up, stop those tapes by delivering Jesus' promise of forgiveness. He is Lord and he's going to bring it. And on that note, we've reached the end of this week's episode, my friends. Thank you to Dr. Chris Krogan and Sarah Stenson for teaching us that faith does not come from a demonstration of Christ's power of creation. It comes from hearing his words. The disciples demonstrated their unbelief by asking Jesus, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? It's the same kind of question Satan uses when he posits, How could you believe in a God that would allow X, Y, or Z? But everything changes the second Jesus speaks. He rebukes the thing that causes unbelief. He silences the wind. He silences the things that cause us not to trust that God is God. Jesus doesn't prevent suffering. He defeats death through his words, through his promise of the forgiveness of sins. As you heard at the beginning of the episode, if you or your congregation is interested in sponsoring an episode of Scripture First, we'd appreciate it if you'd connect with our co-director, Sarah Stenson, by sending her an email at s-s-t-e-n-s-o-n at a-u-g-i-e dot e-d-u. That's s-stenson at augie dot e-d-u. You can find her email in the show notes or find more information at lutherhouseofstudy.org. Additionally, if you'd like to support us in a different way, we'd love it if you'd give us a five-star rating or follow our Facebook page at Luther House of Study. We'd love it if you drop us a comment on one of our posts about what you found interesting, helpful, or noteworthy about this week's episode. Thanks again for joining us this week. Remember, Jesus' voice removes all things that cause unbelief. We'll see you next time on Scripture First. Scripture First.